Hello everybody, welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, flying solo again this week. The weather and all kinds of other stuff preventing Colin Doyle from getting down in the studio and uh, joining us on the podcast this week. So it's just me, but we do have a good guest uh, coming up for you in just a couple of moments. Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer will be in the studio to chat about uh, the Rock's most recent game. Unfortunately, a 13-11 loss to the New England Black Wolves on Sunday afternoon at Mohegan Sun Arena. Coming up this week, the Toronto Rock will have a bye week. Nothing on the agenda. A little time to uh, rest, regroup, and get ready for a very, very busy portion of the Toronto Rock schedule, which is the second half of the season as we are at the midway point. So we'll get to that and more on today's podcast, but the Rock's next game will be coming up on Saturday, March the 9th in Calgary against the Roughnecks. Their first trip, uh, out, first and only trip out to Calgary this year. The first and only meeting with the uh, Calgary Roughnecks this season as well. So uh, that will be a big game. The Roughnecks have been uh, right in the thick of things, up and down this season, but uh, right near the right near the top of things right now in the West Division as well. So something to uh, circle on your calendar there coming up on Saturday, March the 9th. And then the Rock will be back at home on Saturday, March the 16th to take on the Rochester Nighthawks St. Paddy's Day game. St. Paddy's Day jerseys will be revealed soon, so there's a little uh, inside bit of information for you, for you podcast listeners. Those will be revealed shortly, and uh, lots of other big news coming, so you'll want to stay tuned um, to everything going on in and around the Toronto Rock. Make sure you're following us on all of our social channels and checking back to the website. uh, Some fun stuff coming up. So, without any further ado, let's jump right into our interview with Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock joined in studio now by the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Matty, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, we will uh, we'll chat about a few things. We'll chat about uh, kind of where this team is at uh, at the midseason point. But before we get to that, or but first, as they say, let's chat a little bit about Sunday afternoon's game, a 13-11 loss to the New England Black Wolves, a game in which the Rock held... Uh, 9-7 lead at halftime, a 10-7 lead after three quarters, and appeared to have everything in almost total control and maybe even be, you know, dare I say, a goal away maybe from kind of putting that one to bed. But, uh, you know, the first four and a half minutes of that uh, fourth quarter saw the Black Wolves score five times in uh, two minutes and 56 seconds and uh, really changed the complexion of a game that looked like uh, – the Toronto Rock were in total control of. I guess just to start off, just uh, your thoughts maybe on on where the game was at the half and then kind of as things moved along in the second and if you saw anything in particular that maybe kind of turned the tide of things. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know if uh, if we ever felt there that we were in uh, in total control, but we we certainly, um, you know, we, we had a real good second quarter and and set ourselves up, um, you know, for an opportunity to uh, to close that one out in the, in the second half. But um, you know, we just felt uh, coming out of the uh, out of the break um, at the uh, after the uh, the halftime, um, you know, our energy level just seemed to be uh, seemed to be down a little bit, and we had some opportunities there, um, back-to-back power plays when we were uh, we were up nine-seven and. Um, you know we didn't uh, we didn't cash in there but uh, at the same time they, they weren't really effective power plays we didn't create any momentum or, or get any uh, real good looks i thought that was the uh, i guess the um, start of our missed opportunities there in the second half and 
um, you know, they're, uh, they're a good team. They play well at home there. And, and uh, you know, we had an opportunity to get some good separation and, and try to put them away. We didn't take advantage of that. And, and um, you, you know, you mentioned the run they had there. They actually had six goals. And, and uh, you know, one was uh, you know, Steph was just in the crease a little bit. So, um, you know, that uh, was a big swing for sure. And uh, it's not something that we've gone through uh, this year. Um, so it's, uh, we'll have to take, uh, uh, learn from that, take some lessons from it, and um, identify what we did wrong and, and try to be uh, stronger, uh, stronger for it. Um, you know, we've had uh, games this year where the other teams have gone on some runs. We've been real good at answering, um, you know, uh, getting scoring quickly or, or whatever it might be. And um, we just weren't able to do that. Uh, uh, do that on Sunday, and um, you know the uh, the result speaks for itself. So there wasn't anything, you know. You mentioned you thought maybe the energy level is a little bit different in the second half, and I know we've kind of talked off air, and I've talked to a few guys as well about that building, and uh, some of the guys saying it was so loud in there, and it was a little bit uh, maybe in some respects different, and <clears throat> just the way the team New England uh, really seemed to get that momentum and really build off it in a hurry in the fourth quarter and I guess ride the wave from the fans and the emotion and all that kind of stuff but maybe talk a little bit about just playing in that building uh, not only the fans there and how loud it was on Sunday but also just the, the maybe the tighter confines that can be a bit of an adjustment and for those people who don't know the rink there at the Mohegan Sun just due to the configuration of the building is slightly smaller than the regulation 200 by 85 that is pretty well standard throughout the rest of the league yeah uh, you know that's um it is a factor but it's uh, nothing we didn't know going in um you know most of uh, if not all of our guys have have played there before and um you know that's just um uh, adjustments and and dealing with some adversity you mentioned it's a great atmosphere there it's uh, it's fun to play there it is loud but um you know no different than uh, than a handful of other arenas from that standpoint so uh you know if we were to uh, point to those those are uh, uh, in the end those are excuses and um you know it's just something that you need to uh you need to learn from i know i say that a lot but um you know that's um that's the only uh, way you can look at it and uh, you know, we just, uh, as a team, and, and I mentioned it after the game, you know, trying to say top to bottom, but just, uh, um, you know, we weren't good enough. Uh, we had some good, uh, uh, good stretches and, um, you know, we had some guys play real strong games there, but it's, uh, um, we weren't good enough and didn't play the type of game, um, that we needed to, to, to come out with a win on the road in a tough, uh, environment against a good team. And, um, New England is that they, they don't beat themselves and, um, you uh, you have to uh, go in there and and uh, I thought we shot ourselves in the in the foot a little bit in the first half we um, you know we put up nine and I thought we gave them two or three just from uh, from being sloppy ourselves it's uh, um, you know we really haven't seen that kind of game um, uh, yet this year and uh, that's, uh, that's something that uh, we need to be uh, we need to be aware of and and look at it and um, having said all that uh, you know we've had a pretty good run here in the first half and. Um, you know, uh, uh, we like what we got here, and and 
we know that's a big second half coming up. We got a game against uh, Calgary, and then we play seven in the division, and that's going to decide uh, where we end up. And um, you know, we're a confident group, and and maybe that was something that we needed because the kind of little smack upside the head back to reality and and realize what we are, and and we're not a team that can ever take our foot off the gas, and we need to be good in all areas. They beat us uh, uh, kind of uh, um, at our game. I thought they did all the little things real well. Something that we've been really good at uh, throughout the year, and. And, um, you know, we were still good at times in that game, but a couple of uh, little slip-ups, and, and you never know what's, uh, what's going to be the turning point. And um, we just didn't do our job. Uh, we could have uh, put them away, but we didn't. And you saw the result. Well, speaking of, before we move on completely from the game, yeah. uh, that last five minutes of play, major penalty comes up. You know, a couple of opportunities there at the end of the game, <clears throat> maybe more than a couple, really, but the kind of the shoes on the other foot from – back at home on February the 15th when, you know, you guys were, on the other hand, of trying to kill that off and preserve a win and only a one-goal difference at that point. But And then in this game, you know, you've got a chance to make up two goals, almost a full five minutes on the power play. Um, you know, what did you see? You know, we've talked, again, a little bit off air, but just how the power play was, you know, quite reliable in the first half of the game and looked awesome. And then in the second half, uh, like you say, stumbled a little bit and then, Ultimately, at the end of the game, the door swings wide open after having New England, uh, you know, have that big run at the start of the quarter and then not being able to get anything going for the next five minutes on offense and then having five minutes to, to work on the power play at the end of the game. Maybe just take us through how you saw those last five minutes play out and uh, obviously uh, just talk a little bit about the power play and, and how it kind of misfired at the end. Yeah, um, you know, back to uh, uh, we certainly had our opportunity there at the at the end and and. Um, you know we've uh, been able to pull a few out here this year and and uh, you felt like that was uh, was going to happen again um, you know we had the ball for a good portion of it uh, I don't know exactly when the penalty was I think it was 450 around that mark so um, you know Doug made some stops down the uh, down the stretch there in, in the last five minutes but uh, you know your power plays uh, we expect to score in those situations um, our special teams have been real uh, real good all year and even within that game you know we were I think we were two for two in the first half and scored a shorthanded in a six on five at the end of the first half um, you know so you combine that with the game before and, and you're thinking things are really clicking but that's how fine it can be too and uh, I spoke about uh, the third quarter we were up nine seven and we got uh, two power play opportunities and uh, you're not going to score on every one, but we didn't create any momentum there. And, um, and so uh, what I mean when I say you don't know what's uh, what's going to be the turning point. So, uh, um, you know, he come out there and, and uh, we're not executing and, and, and we're not sharp. And that kind of uh, snowballed. They go on their run. And, and then um, at the end, uh, you know, we, we had some, uh, some looks there. But, uh, you know, we need to uh, generate better looks than that over a five-minute period when we're up, uh, up five on four. So, um, you know, back to, uh, back to getting to work, back to the drawing board. But, uh, um, you know, you can't dwell on it too much. And, and uh, you just have to make sure that when that situation comes up again, we're better prepared and, and our execution is, uh, is better. And um, I know it will be. Well, now that leads me to two more questions about the game on Sunday after I said I wanted to move on. But yep. one is how you thought the team shot. Selection, accuracy, was it a was it a matter of the New England defense putting you guys in the bad, bad spots maybe in terms of there was a 
a lot of shots in terms of quantity. And a lot of credit is being given to Doug Jamison here, I think, after that game. And I don't want to take anything away from him, but were you overall satisfied with the, you know, I'm sure the quantity was okay, but was the quality uh, where you wanted it to be? I kind of felt like in the first quarter especially, there, there seemed to be a number of chances where it seemed like there was a lot of shots that were just missed, you know, missed the net, a lot of good looks that maybe missed. And then it seemed like as the game went on, maybe some of those looks were not as good and the shots were not as good. Just my take on that, but yeah, I think that's you, uh, think? you know that's uh, uh, fairly accurate. Uh, you know, we're not going to sit here and, and tell uh, tell Adam and Robbie and Tom and and uh, you know Pup and Dan and on and on. Like those guys, they're uh, they're good lacrosse players, and and um, you know they uh, they're out there, and, and you're not going to tell them how to shoot the ball. What the one thing that I would say is, I thought we accepted, and uh, you know their defense was. Uh, uh, w- was big and tough and, and keeping us to the outside and, and um, you know we talked about it going in uh, you know Doug and even uh, approaching the game you weren't sure who you were going to face Doug and or uh, Alexis and you know they're both similar goalies that if uh, you know if you t- stay to the outside and and uh, you're content to just uh, take the outside shots. They're big goalies. They don't move too much. They can start feeling good about things. Uh, um, what I'm getting at is we need to get to the net more and, um, you know, uh, challenge those guys uh, in tight. And we just accepted and, and took the shots uh, from the, uh, you know, same area a lot of the time. And, and um, but, uh, you know, that's something that we'll figure out and, and we'll be better for. But uh, you're right, uh, the, the uh, I guess, quantity was there, but um, not, I'm not going to say the quality of the shots, it's the quality of the scoring chances. And we are just uh, kind of accepting of, uh, of staying to the outside at times. And, um, you know, we'll, uh, uh, we'll look at that and it'll be an emphasis uh, uh, going forward. But it, it always is. And, and you have those, uh, those moments. So it's, um, it's something that... Uh, um, that you just have to uh, have to figure out moving forward. And my other question slash comment that popped into my head was the six on five play at the end of the first half with I think eight point eight seconds I want to say on the clock. Yeah, they, they uh, put, when it was they blown put nine, in. They put th- uh, eight point eight when they blew it in, but they put it up to nine or uh, nine point one, right? So oh, okay. on the whistle, uh, and then we scored with point four. <laughs> so they, they they put an extra you know point three on the board, and, and I just. I guess I want to talk, was that exactly how you drew it up, number one? And number two, how fast is Tom Schreiber? Well, because without his speed, like, there's just no chance. Like, just him running up the floor is like, oh, my God. Like, he's going to make something happen. Somebody is going to get, like, either panic, right, that he is just going to run straight up the gut and shoot the ball or that, you know, somebody's going to make a mistake almost based on Tom's speed that he is bringing this ball up the floor. But – Anyways, I'll let you talk us through it, walk us through it of how that all played out because it was it was beautiful to watch, really. Well, that's a uh, it's a great observation. Um, you know, you got to get uh, behind the bench someday, probably, <laughs> maybe in Halton there. But um, first off, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> first off, Blaine drew that up, and yeah. it is exactly how he drew it up. But I made that exact comment uh, that you just said at the half. If Tom doesn't run the ball up the floor as fast as he did. Yeah. You know, you just saw the, you know, we, um, with the time left and when we scored, uh, we don't get that shot off. But that uh, that was the exact play that uh, that Blade drew up and, and um, you know, good patience there. You know, we made two passes off of that and then Robbie came over the top and, and took the shot. There was, um, 
you know, there was no panic and, um, you know, Blaine did a real good job drawing that up. Tom, you know, and you see that, um, you know, from a lot of guys in those situations. Okay, so he, he, he took off like he was shot out of a cannon, right? But if he, uh, if he just goes 90% speed up the floor, uh, we don't get that play off. So it's, um, or if the referees don't put the, uh, I guess, three one hundredths of a second back on the clock, um, you know, that goes in after the buzzer. So, um, you know, at that moment we were feeling pretty good because I think, uh, I think our eight, eighth goal, and I could be wrong here, but was a shorthanded. And then we, uh, you know, you get that and that's a big momentum going into the, uh, into the break. Uh, we scored seven in the second quarter. You're feeling real good about things. Maybe we're feeling too good about things and like, okay, you know, cause we started that game real slow. We we're down two nothing within the first minute. Um, kind of scrapped away for the f um, the rest of the first quarter, and then um, you know we scored se uh, seven in the second, and maybe we felt it was going to be like that the rest of the way, and uh, they showed us it wasn't. Yeah, I just thought it, it was great. It was it was amazing to watch, and also just uh, almost like you said, it almost felt like it could have been a dagger, just the way it was so perfectly executed, and just the speed, and that it was the top three scorers, like the big guys are all involved in that goal and they all played a part and they all kind of, you know, you don't want to say they made anybody look silly on the other end, but the execution of it was just so perfect. It, it was great. No, yeah. they executed that well. And, and you talked <laughs> yeah. about, oh, Dagger, um, you know, and that's still halfway through the game. Yeah. But but we had talked about that, not use that, uh, um, those words. And, and it wasn't even us as a staff. It just went into the uh, the room at the break there as we're getting close to going back out. And the players were talking, okay, you know, let's, uh, uh, we were saying everything, right? Let's come out and, and make sure we have a good, uh, strong first five or ten minutes here of the third quarter with the momentum we had built in the second. And if we come out real strong there in the third, have a strong five or ten, get a little bit more separation, then maybe there is your what you're talking about is your dagger. But um, you know, we came out and and um, you know we were uh, just seen we were lethargic and and um, you know we weren't overly uh, just our execution and our decision making wasn't sharp. So um, you know those things happen at times, and uh, you can't be accepting of it. You need to find out why they did and and figure it out and and move forward. All right. So uh, we've gone on for quite some time already, but I do want to get a, a few quick thoughts uh, from you just about where this team is at the halfway point. And we know the record is seven and two. And we talk about sometimes, you know, you, you break things down into, you know, maybe what went wrong in certain games. And, you know, you look at the New England game and you're already saying, you know, you if you're a little bit better over those, you know, two or three minutes or those power plays or the chances, the ifs and couldas and shouldas and wouldas. You know, maybe you win that game and the last shot in the Georgia game back on December 28th, maybe that's a save and then maybe you win the game in overtime. Maybe this team's 9-0. and But then you also look at, you know, oh, maybe, you know, some of the one-goal games could have gone the other way and maybe the record's different. So you're sitting here at 7-2. and You are what you are. You are your record. You are 7-2. and You can't change that no matter how you look at all these other ifs and maybes that could factor into things. But, you know, where where is this team at in your head? Is this, you know, is this seven and two and feeling good, or seven and two maybe we feel a little bit lucky and maybe we you know we really got to now take advantage of our record? Like where are you at mentally, kind of uh, at the halfway point with this team and with its record? Well, I don't think we um, feel lucky. You know, I think we've right. uh, um, we've earned our wins. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, but what you're saying is accurate, right? Yeah. And and that's also the game. It's the NLL. It's yep. uh, these things are tight and they come down to the wire. And um, you know, so we've had a handful of one goal games, and if you split them in half, uh, you know, maybe we're sitting at five and four. All yeah. right, but you also mentioned that you know you possibly could be. Nine, nine and no, <laughs> but you are what you, you are. are. So what are two. we? We're seven and two. We've played nine games. Um, everybody knows that it's a lot easier to win in. Uh, well, I guess now December as well. But you know, early in the season, I was going to say January and February. What we've done is we've um, we've uh, we've set ourselves up. We've put ourselves in good position to take advantage of um, you know the second half of uh, of the season. And uh, you know we're not going to give any of those one goal games that we won back, and uh, <laughs> we feel we've earned them. And um, <clears throat> you know, but uh, we talked about it at practice, and and it's not even something that I have to initiate. The players say it themselves. Is you know we haven't accomplished anything yet, and um, other than um, you know, we feel that we've identified that we're a good team, um, that we can play with the best in, in the uh, in the league, and uh, we've put ourselves in a real good position to have a strong second half, finish high, compete for first overall in the, in the East and in the league. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, the the East is uh, is loaded there. So first, you need to punch your ticket and secure your spot into the uh, uh, into the playoffs, and uh, and from there, you want to finish as high as you can. And, and our goal is to uh, um, to be playing at home throughout the playoffs uh, once we uh, secure a playoff berth. So we, um, you know, there's still nine games. There's lots of twists and turns that can happen. Um, you know, we've uh, been relatively healthy throughout the year, so uh, we've been. Uh, good in that area and and uh, you know things are going to pop up and we're going to be uh, uh, forced to uh, face some adversity at times and um, you know but we uh, we like what we have in there uh, obviously uh, our record is good right now and and um, we like our players and the skill level and kind of the execution uh, kind of the commitment and and, and buy-in and um, you know we're uh, we're a good group here and and uh, our uh, our goal is to uh, to be better in the second half than we were in the first, and and your record may not even indicate that, right? Because you talked about uh, all the close games. So um, what I'm saying, you know, we don't need to be eight and one to be better. We we want to keep uh, uh, continuing uh, to improve and and building um, uh, on our identity here, which is a uh, a team that goes out and works and has a high skill level, but also focuses on the, all the little things that ultimately uh, win you uh, win you lacrosse. Games, um, especially when uh, when you get to the end and, and the top teams are playing, but we got to get there first. All right, sounds good. And I'll leave you the, with this one thought. And I don't even want to have a reaction to it or anything, uh -oh. but I'm going to throw this out there. This will be a little bit of the fan in me, but uh, I'm just going to throw this out. At some point in the second half of the season, Challen Rogers on the power play, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. He said no reaction, <laughs> yeah. so I just hit my tongue oh, there. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Right. Um, all right. So, Matty, thanks a lot. Uh, obviously, enjoy the bye week here. He's a defender. Get ready for Calgary. And uh, he's a lacrosse player. And <laughs> yes, he, he is that. I'm joking around. But, uh, and um, uh, anyways, yes, we'll do this again soon. Thanks for joining me. We don't want to show our hand, right? All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Matty, uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll do this again soon. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back with more and more. Heads up! Heads up! Here's another one, another one, and, a, and, a, and another one.
Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Great chat with uh, Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. As always, a pleasure catching up with Matty and uh, getting his perspective, of course, that comes from right behind the bench and running the show here with the Toronto Rock. So uh, coming up next week, we are hoping Colin Doyle will be back in studio with me and uh, we will get a little more in-depth with where things are at at the midway point for the Toronto Rock as the second half of the season will be about to get underway with a big matchup against the Calgary Roughnecks coming up on March the 9th. But uh, this weekend, take the time to uh, spread the good word of the Toronto Rock. Tell your friends, tell everyone you know that the Rock will be back at home on Saturday, March the 16th when the boys are in action against the Rochester Nighthawks. It's also charity night, which means we've got all the great charity initiatives going on at the rink like we always do every year and it's a fantastic night it's St. Patty's Day it is the biggest St. Patty's Day party in the city there's nowhere else that there's going to be you know thousands and thousands of people there and and on top of it you get to watch the Toronto Rock play so it's it's the place to be no questions asked no debate Saturday March 16th Scotiabank Arena Rock City you got to be there. Support the Toronto Rock against the Rochester Nighthawks as we look to keep putting some wins in the bank here and getting closer and closer to, yeah, I'm going to say it, clinch a home playoff game. Yeah, we can talk about it. 7-2. and two. The Bandits are 9-2, and two, sure, but we still, uh, we still have a chance to knock them down a peck or two here down the stretch with a couple of meetings still to come. So uh, lots of great stuff going on. So St. Patty's Day game again. Uh, we will be unveiling those jerseys if all things go according to plan next week on social media. So check that out. Don't miss it. The jerseys this year, a bit of a redesign. As you may have already noticed, we've gone away from the four-leaf clover rock logo to the three-leafed or three-leaved. Somebody tell me which one's right on that. Uh, clover, shamrock, sorry, uh, logo. So it's a bit of a change. The logo's a bit different this year. And I can tell you the new design and the shorts are awesome. Our uh, in-house guy, Braden Leibovich, uh, took care of designing the jerseys, did a great job on them. And uh, I think you're all going to love them. And you can get your hands on a game worn after the game at the live on-floor charity jersey auction and that is something you can register for by going to torontorock.com slash auction get your bidder number and your registration and all that sorted out so that when you show up to the game on saturday march 16th you can walk in get your uh your bidder number and be ready to go for the post game action so all the details are on torontorock.com slash auction that's where you can go to get all the info about the post-game jersey auction. And again, everything going to benefit Smile Zone. And again, watch our social media next week because you are going to be able to get the lowdown on just what Smile Zone does because we've got uh, a big unveiling of a new Smile Zone uh, at Erno Kids coming up on Monday. So you'll see that across social and across our website later on in the week. And uh, lots of great stuff going on. Charity night is always a fun night. And the on-floor uh, live auction is always a fun event and uh, always raises a lot of money for the charity. But that is all thanks to you, Rock City, for your support and everything that uh, you guys do to get behind all of our charitable initiatives and whatnot is always off the charts. And truly from uh, the bottom of the hearts of everybody, you know, within the charities and, and here at the Toronto Rock office, we can't thank you guys enough for 
all the support that you guys lend to everything that we do here. It's awesome. It means so much to us, to the players, to uh, staff, management, everybody involved. So big, big thank you. And we know that you guys will be out uh, big numbers again to support those uh, initiatives on Saturday, March the 16th. And actually, as I'm looking out here in the office, as we're recording this, or as I'm recording this, uh, we will be doing the mystery ball uh, giveaway again, or sorry, we'll be selling mystery balls with some, uh, great giveaways attached to them, depending on what color the ink of the autograph is on the ball that you end up uh, randomly selecting. So all the big name guys will be in there. Um, they always sell out. So when you get in the arena, if you're wondering whether or not you should wait and maybe you'll be able to get one sometime at halftime or the first intermission or Anything like that, there's no chance. These things usually sell out before the game starts. So when you get in the rink, through the doors, make sure you go and grab a mystery ball almost right away. So we'll go over all this stuff uh, again for you next week, and we'll have more information again, like I said, on torontorock.com. And uh, we'll go through all that. And for all those people who have gone through it before, well, you kind of know the drill, so you guys know where to go and, and where to get your hands on uh, on some of the great stuff. And... It's going to be an awesome night. Can't wait for it. So uh, without any further ado, again, we're going to wrap up the podcast for this week. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, next week, looking forward to Colin Doyle getting back. And uh, tickets are still on sale, obviously, for the game on March 16th. March 30th. Actually, here's a big heads up. A big podcast inside piece of information. Uh, if anybody has looked ahead to the March 30th game, the lower bowl is uh, trending towards being sold out. So March 30th looks like it's going to be our biggest crowd of the season to this point. Um, so make sure if you were on the fence about whether or not you were getting tickets or if you're getting extra tickets for March the 30th uh, and hoping that they were going to be near your season tickets and whatnot, the best thing to do would be take care of that right now uh, because – you may not be able to get the seats where you want to get them if you wait until uh, closer to the game. It could be a little touch and go there. You can go online, obviously, Ticketmaster, and check out the interactive map and see what's available still, and you'll see that uh, tickets are becoming pretty scarce right now in the lower bowl. So to avoid disappointment, make sure you get those tickets as soon as possible. Um, four games left, four home games left, and then we're talking playoffs, folks. So hopefully we get there. Seven wins already in the bank. Won eight games all of last year. We're already at seven. So things are trending in the right direction, as we love to say around these parts. So don't you dare miss it. That'll do it. In the meantime, and in between time, for the absent Colin Doyle, I'm Mike Hancock saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week. <laughs> <laughs>